Welcome to His Prodigal Daughters podcast, where we share our testimonies and help others navigate through God's Word to find their way back home. I'm Danielle, and this is my co-host, Becca. Hey, guys. Thank you all so much for joining us today for another episode. Let's get started. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of His Prodigal Daughters. Once again, I'm Danielle. And I'm Becca. And we are finally able to record again. Both of us have been sick. Um, it's been nonstop over here. Um, I We both had some sort of flu, um, and Becca is still recovering. Yes, my, my voice is not quite back yet, but... I, we we both sat down and had a conversation. We're like, we need we need to get this next yes, one out. <laughs> we need to get this next one out. It's the beginning of the year. We hope all of y'all had a wonderful holiday and a wonderful New Year's. Um, and we wanted to start the new year off strong. And we wanted to start off with, you know, talking about the fruit of the spirit and what that actually meant. And the reason why we really wanted to start with this and talk about the fruits of the spirit is because I feel like that's something really important. Whenever you become a Christian or become a follower of Jesus, you become a follower of the Trinity, right? Yes. We got the God, we have God. Jesus and the Holy Spirit, Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And I think it's really important whenever, you know, a lot of people obviously know God, Mm -hmm. right? And, you know, you finally accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. And, but the Holy Spirit is something kind of new to others. And nobody, not a lot of people truly understand what that means. You know, what the Holy Spirit is, what the fruits of the Spirit are, Mm -hmm. and what Paul meant when he was talking in Galatians about this. So, we kind of wanted to go over this. Um, so I, I, we've got this all kind of set up. We're going to talk about each one of them. There's nine of them to go over. Paul lists nine, um, which is uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so we're going to go over each one of these and kind of pull and tell us, tell us what each one means and what the Holy Spirit, you know, does with these fruits, so-called. So where are we going to start? We're talking in Galatians chapter five, verses 22 and 23. Um, And the verse goes, but the fruit of Roch, which is the, I, I probably butched that up, but it's the Hebrew word for the Holy Spirit, um, which we'll go into deeper in a second. The fruit of the Roch is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Um, and then verse 25, he says, if we live by the Roch, let us also walk by the Roch. So what does that even mean? Um, so Roch I'm probably completely butchering that. Um, It's the Hebrew word actually for spirit, breath, or wind. Um, When spoken, the word engages one's breath and lungs. Mm. So a lot of people talk about, you know, God, also his name being Yahweh, which there's really no true pronunciation of that in Hebrew. Mm -hmm. And it's supposed to be the breath. So it kind of pulls from this. But when you look at it in the Greek, which is what Galatians was actually written in, he the, the word is punoma, which is um, actually, I mean, it's for breath. It's the Greek word for that. Um, and a lot of people, you know, having pneuma, that's d- does with your lungs, right? Yes. 
Um, so when you go into the Strong's Concordance, that's the word that comes up, and the definition is a current of air that is breath or a breeze. By analogy or figuratively, a spirit that is human, the rational soul by implication, vital principle, mental disposition, or etc. Superhuman, an angel, divine, God's Christ spirit, the Holy Spirit. Mm. So that's the actual <clears throat> definition in the Strong's Concordance for quote, the Holy Spirit or the word that Paul uses for the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to go into the history of things, and then <laughs> I promise I'm going to let Becca talk. <laughs> We're just giving her a break. But um, just to talk a little bit, too, about Galatians, which is, you know, the, the actual book this is coming from. It's a letter that Paul wrote to the early Christian congregation, um, which was in the province of Galatia. And this is kind of located in modern day Turkey. So we're talking probably around AD 45, 47, when he wrote this. Um, he wrote several letters to the new congregations in the ancient world. I mean, we talk about Ephesians, Thessalonians, Colossians, Corinthians, all of these. Um, they're all obviously on the New Testament. But the mostly strong, this is the most strongly worded of his letters in the New Testament it was the one to the Galatians. Um, he was talking about, he was, it was response to the influence of the Jewish convert teachers who insisted that in addition to faith in Christ, non-Jewish believers in Galatia or Gentiles, um, is who he's talking to, must also follow the Jewish law to receive salvation. Um, Paul was really upset by this, um, which he saw as undermining the very foundation of salvation, which is that God's gift to anyone who believes in Jesus Christ. That's yes. salvation. You have belief in Jesus. Well, that's how you're saved. You believe that Jesus came to this earth. He died on the cross and he died on the cross for our sins. And in turn, that's, we, that's our salvation. That's our salvation. Yeah. And then in turn, we receive the Holy Spirit. Exactly. From him. Exactly. <clears throat> and he was really upset by this because the Jews in that area were telling them, no, no, the only way you can do it is if you follow our Jewish traditions. And so he was he was writing about this and he presents the nine attributes of a godly life and a life led by the Holy Spirit, um, which was obviously in contrast to not living a godly life. He refers to the opposite of the fruit of the spirit as acts of flesh, which he actually states in chapter five, verse 19, um, or he calls it the works of the flesh uh, in the King James version. But an ungodly life, as he's referring to, is one controlled by sinful nature that every human is born with. And he describes it like this. He describes it, the acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, um, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Um, so he talks about, in Galatians, the opposite of what the fruits of the Spirit are. Well, because if, if you think of God and you think of Christ, they're going to be all things good. Right, and they're, these, were and these are all not. things bad. You right, know, with, and that's the thing, too, is a lot of people have a trouble discerning that, especially when they're new followers, you know? Yes. They, they don't think of these things. They, it's natural. It's a part of life to envy, right? It's a mm -hmm. part of life to go have fun and get drunk. And, you know, I'm, I'm angry. I have a right to be angry and full of rage at people. And, you know, I have a right to do this. And I, it's, you know, my life. It's all fleshly desires. It's all fleshly desires. And when we start talking about the fruits of the spirit and we start talking about the spirit in general, they, they're, 
definitely are mirrored of each other. Yes. You know, so one is definitely the yin, which is the negative, and the yang, which is positive. And I'm not general, I'm not technically quoting that. I'm just saying it's opposite to each other. Yes. It's very different. Yes. But they mirror. So he in Galatians 5:19 verses or excuse me, 5 chapter 5 verses 19 and 21, Paul's purpose in writing Galatians chapter 5 in general is to encourage his readers that those who belong to Christ are no longer slaves to their sinful nature. So whenever we accept Christ into our hearts, that sinful nature is we're not slaves to it mm -hmm. we have a redeemer well, we, we don't have those chains anymore exactly we can rebuke those feelings those thoughts we have power over those things now when when we accept jesus into our heart exactly and <clears throat> but when we accept it that's that's because when a person accepts Christ as a savior, they receive the power of the Holy Spirit exactly. to overcome their sinful nature yes. and develop the character of Christ. And the character of Christ is marked by the fruits of the spirit. And we're this, you know, this, I will tell you, we're going to be pulling a lot. I found this article on the fruits of the spirit um, from compassion.com. And if you don't know what that is, um, shout out to them because they're an amazing corporation. They're an amazing group. Mm -hmm. And they actually are, um, a group that helps with uh, sponsoring children overseas in other countries. And you can actually sponsor a child and, um, you know, pay a monthly fee and it helps to feed them, helps them to go to school. And we actually um, sponsor a child. Her name is Dami. Dami. <laughs> she is in Pogo, um, Africa. So we sponsor her. And so we're on this website a lot. And this website is, it's got a bunch of different articles in mm. it. And I pulled, um, I'm giving them a shout out to it because I definitely pulled some information from it, but it was so good. Yeah, It had a lot of good things in it. So I, I pulled from this <clears throat> and I really wanted to share it with y'all because um, one of the things they talk about is why the fruit of the spirit are also called fruits of the spirit. Um, and it says some people refer to the nine Christian like attributes in Galatians in the plural form of fruits in the spirit. Um, it is true that each attribute is distinct, but the scripture refers to them as a united singular fruit. Um, and these nine attributes come together in a Christian's life to reflect a complete picture of the character of Christ. So you shouldn't just do one. You, you should be doing do it all, all of them. You know, it's not just one thing that it's not pick and choose. No, it all of it works together mm -hmm. to form the one type of life that Christ desires of us. Yeah. When we start to mirror Christ, we mirror all of those attributes, mm -hmm. not just one, you know, and of course we're human. We're going to struggle, but this is the goal. These fruits of the spirit are part of the Holy spirit. When we strive to be like Christ, mm -hmm. this is what that is. Yes. These are these things. Well, in a conversation I had with my mom the other day, she says, whenever she's on her way to work, she says, God help me to be smushy yeah with the fruits of the spirit right i want them to i want them to ooze out of me today mm -hmm. because my mom's a fourth grade teacher mm -hmm. and you know kids you know having a class full of 25 can be frustrating you know but she wants to ooze all of those things throughout to other mm -hmm. teachers to her kids so she says that prayer every single morning on her way to work and I just, that's something we've started to do now because yeah. I was like, that's, that's an amazing idea is starting and going from there in the morning, you know, Holy Spirit, give me 
Yeah. Help me, guide me. You put on the full armor, armor of, of God, God mm-hmm. and fill it with the smushiness of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. <laughs> and these things too, it's, it's so important because I, we talk about this. Like one of the biggest compliments I think anybody could receive is, wow, you are really shining. Like you can tell God is within you. And these attributes, it's not obviously not the goal to get compliments. The goal is to spread you know, the love of Christ, mm-hmm. share the love of Christ, share the gospel so that others can experience this. It's not just about putting on a show either. No. I want to ref- I want to really put that out there. It's not about putting on a show and like, look at me. I am Jesus. I, I love Jesus. It's not about that. Mm-hmm. It's about releasing the chains, mm-hmm. about getting the chains of the sinful nature and letting the Holy Spirit come in you so that you're not suffering with these things. One, well, two, people will see those attributes of the fruits of the Spirit on mm-hmm. you. And I know, you know, just random before any of this happened, people would always come up to me and be Beck, why are you so happy all the time? Mm-hmm. How, how do you not let things, you know, get to you? Back then I would, you know, I'd, I didn't know what it was. Yeah. But now having it inside of me within the Holy Spirit, I know that I'm striving to have those fruits of the Spirit because I want to be Christ-like. Mm-hmm. And I want people to see those attributes in me. But see, when we were living a life of sin, that wasn't something that happened often. No. Like, we were we were depressed. Mm-hmm. We were anxious. We were suffering and not even realizing it. We would have these fits of rage. Oh, yeah, I would. And, 100%. And so whenever we finally gave our life to God and found this sense of freedom, mm-hmm. that's when we started feeling these things. And we were kind of like, huh, like, I'm a lot happier now. What is this? <laughs> yeah. huh, I don't feel so depressed anymore. And it's this fa- this newfound hope mm-hmm. and this newfound love and this freedom in Christ. Yes. You know, a lot of people are like, well, you know, being a Christian is a lot of work and there's all these rules. It's really not. <laughs> it's not as hard as you, something is only as hard as you make it out to be. Right. And the rules of the world, in my opinion, are, are so, so much, much harder. Worse. Yeah. Like people don't think about it, but they living up with social norms, mm-hmm. keeping up with appearances, keeping up with the Joneses, social media, social media, Oof. constantly trying to search for attention. Mm-hmm. Like there may not be quote rules in a book, but they are chains and they are rules that society has put on you mm-hmm. that when you receive the Holy spirit and you start feeling these fruits of the spirit, these chains break. Yes. I don't feel the need to have to look to others for my reproof for approval. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't feel the need to have to find my identity in what people think of me. Yeah. I now have an identity in Christ and that's so much freedom. Now I don't care what people think of me. I, I, as long as they see Christ within me, exactly. you know, if they can think I'm a Jesus freak, that's fine. I don't, <laughs> I don't care because my goal yeah. isn't to approve, get approval from people. Mm-mm. My goal now is to share that love of Christ. Yes. And, you know, we're getting ready to go into, and we're going to talk about each of these fruits of the spirit and what the meaning of each attribute is. So I know love was the one where we, I, we took turns. So love is going to be the one that Becca ended up working on, which is one of my favorites. <laughs> you go for it. All right. So it is no coincidence that Paul puts love first in the fruits of the spirit. The Greek word for love in this instance is agape. Mm-hmm. 
It is the highest form of the different kinds of love expressed um, expressed by dis distinct Greek words, including romance, love, friendship, and family, family love. Mm -hmm. And agape is the kind of love God has for us as his creation. Mm -hmm. It is pure, it's selfless, and it's self-sacrificing. It seeks the best for others, even enemies, at all times, at all costs. A beautiful description of agape love is found in the Bible verses, uh, sorry, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1, a well-known passage of scripture. God shows his agape love for us in sacrificing his only son to save us from our sinful nature. And then to go into Romans, Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in that the Messiah died on our behalf while we were still sinners. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the purest form of love. Yes. I mean, it, it it's, it's God coming down in, in, in form in flesh in flesh with, through Jesus and making this ultimate sacrifice so we don't have to have all these sacrifices. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't have to go through all the things. You think of all the stuff they went through in the Old Testament. Well, not like, to mention. Could you imagine? And what we deserve nowadays. Oh, yeah. Like, we deserve even worse. Like, yes. we deserve being on the cross. Yes. And, and a lot of people see that as like, oh, well, God, you know, God demanded this. There shouldn't be like this. But if you think about it, God is perfect. Yes. God is the creator of all things. Mm -hmm. And to think that daily, <clears throat> daily we sin. He set this set of rules for us, not just because we he's God and just wants us to worship him. He made this set of rules because it's what's good for us. Well, and sometimes it's best. You, and sometimes you sin without knowing. Exactly. And it's like, because it's human nature too. Mm -hmm. And he knew we wouldn't be perfect enough. You know, we would not be, even if we die, we would not be good enough sacrifices for our own sin. Yes. And that's the type of love to say, you know what? I know this. So I'm going to send my only son to mm -hmm. die on the cross for you. And that's the type of love we should be having for others. Yes. We, you know, we look at our neighbor and, and one of the biggest commandments is to love your neighbor as, as yourself. yourself and to think that's the type of love we should have for the, the person who did us wrong, for the, mm -hmm. the child molesters, for the murderers, mm -hmm. for those people. That's the type of love we're supposed to have for them, which sounds impossible. Well, even, I mean, you can even go as far as like women who go have an abortion, mm -hmm. like, you know, that. Yeah. That's a hard one. Yeah. Like how, how are you supposed to forgive something like that? And how are you supposed to forgive them and then love them? Exactly. And you know, a lot of people have an issue with that and, but the point, it doesn't matter. Exactly. It doesn't matter. God loves them that much. Mm -hmm. He loved that person the same as he loved you. Mm -hmm. And that's the type of love that we're supposed to be striving to have for others. And you know, we talk about the different types of love in the Greek, you know, with Eros being the romantic love. And uh, the other one is philia for friendship. And I think it's storage is actually the word for familial love. And but it those type of loves that they talk about in Greek because they break it up like that is nothing compared to that agape love. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people are familiar with that term, the agape love, but yep. it, it's such a 
heavy word that Mm -hmm. people don't realize the strength that it's used here. It is the purest of loves. Well, and the thing is, is with society nowadays, we just throw love around. Mm-hmm. We tell, you know, anybody, especially here in the South, yeah. we love everybody. <laughs> but that type of love is something we really have to strive for. Mm-hmm. Um, but moving on to the second one is joy. And Paul refers to um, to joy in a much deeper than like a sense of happiness or gladness from like you know, life's everyday circumstances. It's like a profound delight and rejoicing that comes from knowing and serving God. It's this, it's a special feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, this isn't just, you know, the pleasure you get from everyday things. This is a, an, a, a substantial joy. It's a yeah. substantial feeling. And the Bible describes the importance of this divine joy to the Christian's life. Um, you know, everyone, everyone knows the joy of the Lord is your strength. Yes. And you know, it's kind of thrown around, but it's such a true thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a, it's heavy. It's a heavy in a good way. It's kind of hard to explain, but joy is not the happiness you get from, you know, buying a new car or Mm -hmm. buying new shoes or, you know, getting a new gun or, you know, whoever, (laughs) whatever, whatever brings you joy, um, quote. Uh, but it's, it's not like that. It's, it's such, it's such a different feeling when you finally feel the joy of the Lord. It's this feeling that even in the worst of circumstances, you're fine. You're, you find this, happiness, this mm-hmm. joy, your life could be miserable. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you could be like Job. We talk about Job on here all the time. His life was miserable, but yet he still found strength in the Lord because he had this profound joy yes. in knowing that God is God and that I, to be a servant to him is something so joyful, something to be happy about. Well, the thing is, is God's always got you. I know we've said that multiple times. Uh, God's that God's always got you mm-hmm. and you can find joy. Like you said, in knowing that you have a savior and you have a God who's always there. Exactly. You, always there. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the <clears throat> second one. And then the third one is peace, which is really a lot of people have a hard time with this. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, peace is an un- unshakable inner calm that can be a rare quality in turbulent times. Christians can call on God's Holy Spirit to impart a sense of peace when things seem to be spinning out of control. And the peace that comes from the Spirit is not just a small comfort. Mm-hmm. Paul describes it as beyond human understanding in one script- one of the most one of scripture's mm-hmm. most reassuring passages. Uh, so Philippians chapter four, six through seven says, don't worry about anything. On the contrary, make your request known to God by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Then God's shalom passing all understanding will keep your hearts and minds safe in union with the Messiah, Yeshua. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for those who don't know, shalom is something that uh, is said in Hebrew a lot. And it, it, it means peace be with you, but it's not just, you know, calm. It, it means eternal peace, mm-hmm. deep peace. And that's hard to find nowadays. Yeah. Like with everything going on within this world, you know, there, there are times where both of us struggle mm-hmm. with finding peace. And, you know, we sit there and we're like, you know, we say our prayer to God, we're like, God, please, you know, the situation, you know, what's going on. Just 
pour your peace mm-hmm. and your comfort over us. Especially with, I mean, I know both of us do, but I have struggled with anxiety almost since I was young. Yeah. So, you know, those who struggle with anxiety, this is a hard one um, because it's almost like, oh, what is peace? <laughs> ah, I never have peace. Um, but it's it's something that you can lean into. And the more you lean into Christ, the easier it is to find peace. Because at the end of the day, regardless of whatever's going on, you're worried about your car payment, your house payment, you're worried about bills, you're worried about food. At the end of the day, when you truly give it to God, it's God's. You don't have to worry about it anymore. And people (laughs) are like, but but I have to, I have to. No, you don't. Well, see, that was my struggle. Mm -hmm. You know me. Like, I... I like to be in control. Yeah. I, used, I used to like to be in control of, of things as far as like money for rent or what mm-hmm. have you and stuff like that. And now I found such a comfort. And if I start to worry about those things, I immediately, the moment the thought comes into my head, mm-hmm. I stop and I'm like, God, I'm giving this to you. And I just ask that you take your peace and place upon me. Mm -hmm. And then it's gone. Yeah. And then he's always taking care of us. Always. He is. If if nobody believes it and you're like, gosh, how do you put faith in something you can't see? It takes faith. That's the, that's the point. You have to try. You have to have faith and give it to God. And when you do, it's such a freeing experience Mm -hmm. because then you're like, you know what? I'm not going to worry about rent. I know God's going to provide. And he always has. When it takes practice, like something it I does take practice, something, especially for me, somebody who's stubborn and hard headed, mm-hmm. it, it's a repetitiveness. It's saying, you know what? Worry is not an attribute of God. Nope. Peace is an attribute of God. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give it to the one who can take it all. Yep. And who's got me. Exactly. Exactly. And this kind of leads into this next one. Um, patience. That's, that's definitely another one that's kind of tough for me. Because I used to want things right then, right now. <laughs> I Well, I still do. <laughs> I still want things done right when I want it, when I want it, right there. Um, but patience is also called other things. Um, it's called long-suffering. It's called forbearance and the con, you know, and because of this, it's a common, a common synonym is patience for all of these things. And patience can be in short supply when we have a fast paced world like we do, where everyone wants what they want when they want it. Um, but the Holy Spirit has a never ending supply of patience and long suffering. And it's there to flood the Christian's hearts at those times when it's needed most. That's the point. And Having patience is hard, especially, like I said, with in this type of world, in this type of situation mm-hmm. where everything needs to be done right then, right there. And I've always been like that, but this one, it took also a lot of practice. But I'd like to give an analogy um, because once I heard this analogy, it made so much sense to me. And I think I've made this analogy on other podcasts, but it's the, the the weaver who's weaving the on the mm-hmm. loom, who's yeah. making the tapestry. When we look at it, we're looking at it from the back of the loom. God's the one working on the loom. And all we can see is the knots and mm-hmm. the mess 
and you you don't you see all the strings hanging off you don't get to see the actual picture until you're on the other side but god's the one making it and weaving the tapestry so we have to have patience because we don't know what he's weaving and when things in your life are not happening when things aren't happening where you can see it mm -hmm. things are happening in the background yes you know there are people who may change your life years down the road who are just now being born you know yeah. like people don't think about it like that yeah. but you know there could be some child that comes into your life when they're you know five ten years old who knows and they're just being born today but that god god is going to be answering your prayer with that child who's being born right now mm -hmm. but we don't know that kid we don't know he's being born we don't know that's just and this is just an example, but you don't know what God's doing. And because of that, you have to have patience and knowing that your prayers are going to be answered in God's timing, not your timing. Well, what I was about to say is, you know, he has, he has our whole life planned mm -hmm. out from start to finish. Right. You know, we have this mindset, well, we want to know. Yeah. We want to know what that is. We know, we, we want to know where we're going to be. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to. Yeah. So you have to be patient and let God work and weave. Mm -hmm. And he, he, he will present it to you when you're ready, when right. you're out of that valley, or if you're going through something, you mm -hmm. know, if he has you all, all the way in left field to bring you back to right field, yeah. you know, you have to, you have to trust him that he's got it, but also practice patience within yourself and say, God, I'm going to be patient because mm -hmm. I know that you've got it. Right. You have to trust him and it's hard, but the Holy Spirit will, will give you that patience, but you have to trust in God in order for the Holy Spirit to work. Yes. And you have to live within your life, reading the word, studying the word, praying, and understanding and mm -hmm. doing your best to say, you know what, God, I'm going to give that to you. It'll yeah. come in time. And the more you feel it, the more the Holy Spirit will work. Mm -hmm. But in Ephesians chapter four, verses one through two, it says, therefore, I, the prisoner in the Lord, urge you to walk worthy of the calling you have received with all humi all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. And that's when Paul, um, he was obviously in prison. He was writing to the Ephesians. And even in jail, he is saying he's urging for us to walk worthy of the calling you've received. Mm -hmm. So he's telling us there, you need to walk like Christ. You yes. need to walk and be worthy mm -hmm. of that calling. But with humility and gentleness with patience, bearing with one another in love. It's not just patience in God either. No. It's patience with other people. And patience with yourself. Exactly. And having patience with yourself. And that takes practice yes. as well. <laughs> but um, but the next one that he talks about is kindness, which this fruit of the Spirit is a natural resort, result of love. It's definitely, it, it comes with it for sure. Yeah, and when God's Spirit begins to develop love in Christians' hearts, mm -hmm. treating others with kindness, compassion, and forgiveness that follows. follows. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, in fact, one of the foundation foundational fruits 
uh, fruit of love is flowing through one's life, not only kindness, but also gentleness, forbearance. Forbearance. forbearance thank you sorry <laughs> nope, you're good uh goodness and other attributes listed <clears throat> in galatians 5 will naturally follow yeah all of those things end up coming with kindness mm -hmm. and in ephesians chapter 4 <coughs> verses 32 instead be kind to each other tender-hearted and forgive each other just as in the messiah god has also forgiven you so kindness is kind of one of those things that it follows up with love right mm -hmm. like it other <clears throat> things kind of come with it and you know kindness gentleness being forgiving it's kind of an umbrella term in this sense but it's to be kind to others is to show love to others mm -hmm. is to be patient with others mm -hmm. is to forgive others so it's kind of an umbrella term but it's still really important it's still also its own term because to be kind you it that's not easy for some people well especially like if you work at a call center like me you know you have those cranky people who get on the phone and they're sitting here and they're yelling at you it's mm -hmm. hard to show that person kindness mm -hmm. and to be understanding and with myself i know i have to take a step back and i'm like okay becca we don't know what this person's going we don't through. know what they're going through <laughs> we don't we don't know what's going on in their life right now in this very moment. Mm -hmm. Show them God's love. Show them God's kindness. Mm -hmm. Forgive them for they know not what, what they, they do. They sure don't. <laughs> and <clears throat> along with kindness is goodness. Um, so this one's another kind of goes hand in hand. Um, it's an attribute of action, though. It means living one's life with good morals and motives, as well as doing good things for others. Producing the fruit of goodness is a true mark of godliness. It also has an attractive um, power and draws people to Jesus through Christ's actions. So this one's not just showing kindness, but doing good works, right? Mm -hmm. And to to do to be showing goodness, you're you know, it, and a lot of people are like you know, go and help the homeless, go and do these mission trips, go do these big things. But it could be something as helping an elderly lady put groceries in the back of her car walking somebody across the street street just to be there for a friend you know go out of your way and and do something for somebody and this one is is interesting and i i really love this one and you know it a lot of people kind of a lot of people will take and twist this one though yes because some people you know they will show off their good works. Mm -hmm. They will show, you know, look at me, look at what I did. Look at, look at me helping this homeless person. Look at mm -hmm. me, you know, walking this old lady across the street. And it's not just for the goodness of God and to help that person. They do it so that it can build their character and their reputation with other people. Well, and if you think back scriptural, I mean, how many times was God good to somebody and he didn't sit here and say, look at me, I healed this person. Look at me, I, I did this. Look at me, I did this. Well, it also says too that, you know, to do these good works, you know, it talks about tithing privately and doing good works privately. Good works will not get you into the kingdom of God. No, You will not get in by your good works. No. You will only get in by the belief of Christ. But, 
you know, you can believe Christ and do these things, but to boast about your, your good works is something that a lot of people struggle with, with this one. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about good works and we talk about goodness, it's really more about doing these things for God, mm -hmm. for the person in need, not for yourself. Well, I mean, what does scripture tell us? You know, Jesus tells us to go out to these places. He says to take care of the poor, take care of the needy. Mm -hmm. He doesn't say go take care of them and boast about it. Exactly. In my name. Exactly. It's, it's not supposed to be like that. Mm -hmm. So, but, <clears throat> but when the Holy Spirit works in you, you, you know, a lot of people in the beginning will be like, gosh, I don't want to get out of my car to help that person. It's raining. <laughs> I don't feel like it. No, thank yeah. you. But when the Holy Spirit will start to convict you on this one, mm -hmm. I, I have felt it myself. And you're like, gosh, I don't want to get out of the car and do this. But you're like, he's like, is that what God would want? Is it about you? It's not about you. <laughs> it's about the person who needs your help or that person who is struggling. Yes. God may be, you know, convicting you and using the Holy Spirit within you to go help that person. And that's where goodness comes in. And, you know, then then we're then we talk about faithfulness. Yes. So with faithfulness, uh, trustworthy, loyal, constant, dependable, the Christian excuse me, the Christian who produces the fruit of faithfulness is all of these. Mm -hmm. This is especially important attribute, attribute to God. No matter what life brings, he expects, he expects us as his followers to be unwavering in their faithfulness to him, as well as to the people in their lives. Mm -hmm. And it's go, um, James 1 12 it says, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Exactly. And it's, a, it's really important <clears throat> that people understand what faith is. To have faith in God means to wholeheartedly trust the fact that he is going to take care of you. Mm -hmm. And to trust in who he is and what the Bible says he is. Yes. And to, to really believe the fact of what he's done in your life. I mean, when you look back at your life, there's a lot of things that just don't make sense. Yes. Like we've been in car accidents where we should have passed away. Mm -hmm. We've gone through life where we sh should be drowning right now. Oh, yeah. In mistakes. And yet somehow we're still thriving. And we're yet, still here. And we're still here. And to have faith in a God that can manipulate your situation for the better, to have faith in a God who you know will answer your prayers, mm -hmm. that's what faith is. Yes. You have to, and not just in the good times. But in the bad times as well, in yes. In the bad times. You have to be able to say, okay, God, I'm going to have faith that you're going to take care of this. Yes. It's not easy. No. But that's what true faithfulness is. And that comes through everything too, as far as like those horrible, horrible times where people like lose loved ones mm -hmm. or, you know, something traumatic happens. You have a God who can take all of those things and turn it for good. Mm -hmm. If you have faithfulness in him and rely on him, he's always going to bring you out. Exactly. And that's definitely something the Holy Spirit is there to help you with. Yes. When you start to have you know, your doubts, lean into him, mm -hmm. let the Holy Spirit take over and say, okay, God, 
I'm going to have faith in you. I'm you know, not going to have doubt. I'm going to trust that you've got this. Well, and fully giving it to him. Like mm -hmm. we've talked about before, you know, having that full faithfulness that he will take it and he'll take care of it. Don't pick it back up. Don't pick it back up. Leave it at the altar. Exactly. And the next one that he talks about, which is the second to last one, is gentleness. And the way a Christian engages with others is what the fruit of the gentleness is actually all about. I mean, the ability to discern when to use a gentle word or touch is a valuable gift of the Spirit, especially in tense moments when unkind words or manners are the typical first response. The Christian who responds with gentleness and meekness is a true reflection of Jesus and the kingdom of God. Mm. And this <laughs> one I know people struggle with. Yeah. Gentleness is not something to, that is easily come by these days because mm. a lot of people are very harsh. Mm. A lot of people are, you know, in this world of who cares about offending others and you're offending me and all this like my thought process is right yours is not exactly like i'm right you're wrong and it's just this very like harsh harsh mm. harsh world and it's very blunt and a lot of people are disgruntled and a lot of people like to fight back and ready to put up their you know guard and yeah. gentleness is something that is definitely to be prayed for um, I know people struggle, more people struggle this with, than, with this than others, but it's Christ. When you read in the Bible, you know, of course we think of, you know, the zealousness that Christ has when he's flipping tables over at the temple Yeah, and you know, that's one thing and he had a right, you know, that's, that's the type time to be zealous. Yes. But there's some people who are struggling and some people who are having a hard day and we're, if we go back to the call center thing mm -hmm. that you work at you know when you deal with these disgruntled people to be gentle with these people are hard it's not easy no but to think that christ went through i mean the roughest thing that a human could go through to be completely obliterated verbally mm -hmm. physically mentally to know that he was you know hated by so many people were out to kill him you know the the priests and you know the pharisees coming after him and yelling at him as he's healing people you know there's nowhere in the bible when he's going through all this where he's rude and harsh mm -mm. with these people he's loving he's and very gentle, gentle. And the, his words, granted, though we can only read and assume because we weren't there, I I truly believe that Jesus, you know, that Yeshua was gentle. I don't think he was a super harsh guy who was very boastful and bold and ready to fight and defend himself. Yeah. He didn't have to well, because he even, was God. <laughs> yeah, no, true. And I mean, you even think, I know we've talked about the Samaritan woman a million and one times, mm -hmm. but how harsh she was to him. Yeah, like, she was pretty he, feisty. He, but yeah. <laughs> he, he came at her with gentleness mm -hmm. and with kindness and with love. You know, because he could have been like, girl, I know everything you did. Like, like yeah. who are you fooling? <laughs> you know, and could have been like, you did this and you yep. did that. But instead he was... You know, I know what you did. I, I, I know 
your situation. I know who you are. I know you, Mm -hmm. you know, and he came at her with gentleness. And like I said, this is just through reading. We can only assume, but if gentleness is a, 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 you know, an attribute of the Holy spirit, I'm going to assume that Jesus himself Mm -hmm. would have been gentle. Yes. So you have to kind of think at it that way. You have to calm yourself and be gentle in a situation where, you know, you have to think of the other person too. And it takes practice. It does take <laughs> all with all of these. All, uh, yes. <laughs> all of these take practice. And, and the more you do it, the more you'll start to see the change within you. Yeah. The more you strive for it, you're yes. never going to be perfect a hundred percent because we're human. But the whole point of searching for the Holy spirit and praying for the Holy spirit is to lean into it Mm -hmm. and to say, okay, God, I want to be as close to Christ like as possible. And Paul writes it right here. These are the fruit of the spirit. This Mm -hmm. is, these are the attributes that a Christ follower should strive for. Mm -hmm. And it says in Proverbs 15, one, it says a gentle response deflects fury, but a harsh word makes tempers rise. So, I mean, a gentle response, it deflects it. It's, it deflects the fury, deflects the rage. Mm-hmm. When you respond gently, gently and have gentleness about yourself, it reflects it away. And, and, and something that I do is you know, whenever I get on, I'm on the phone with a disgruntled customer. I, I've actually found that I enjoy being able to diffuse the situation by using gentleness on the phone with them. Yeah, because it brings them down. It does. It brings everything down. Now, there are going to be those far few in between where you, you can talk to them with gentleness, and it's not going to. Mm-hmm. But we should strive our hardest to speak with people, speak to people with gentleness. Mm-hmm. And, kindness, and kindness, which brings that but, umbrella term back. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so that's something I, I, I found that I use. Yeah, you're really good at that. I can <laughs> definitely say that. Now, the one that I think everyone is going to struggle with <laughs> is going to be self-control. Self-control, he concludes his list, Paul does, with the fruit of the Spirit. He concludes with self-control. Because of human sinful nature, everyone's personality has negative impulses and qualities Overcoming them can be a constant tug of war, but Christians have the power of God's Holy Spirit in their lives to help them identify and overcome areas of weakness. Now, this is key word for you and identify mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit doesn't just help you with these things. He will identify them. Yes. He will show you, you know, where you need work and I will be completely transparent. One thing I have struggled with for a long time that I'm a much better at now, but I've had eating disorders and where I would binge eat mm-hmm. to a point where I made myself sick. And then I would starve myself for days afterwards. And this has been an ongoing thing since I was younger. And, you know, I didn't talk about it with people. And once I, and I still struggled with it up until adulthood until recently, really, <clears throat> when I finally truly gave my life over back to God this was something that the Holy Spirit identified with me and to have an eating disorder, there is no control. There's no mm-hmm. self-control. I couldn't control myself to stop eating and I couldn't, couldn't control myself to eat. 
Yeah. I was pushing it away. And so I was letting my emotions, I was letting my feelings, mm -hmm. we talk about that on here, feelings, <laughs> they are not great. They were, well, they were the main drive. That they were who was leading my life, not God mm -hmm. and not the Holy Spirit. And that is something that finding, you know, finding Christ really helped me with and learning self-control, learning that the Holy Spirit was there to help me overcome this. Mm -hmm. And the more I leaned into God, the more I leaned into my faith, the more I found myself finding self-control. And in the book of Titus, chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, it says, For God's grace, which brings deliverance, has appeared to all people. It teaches us to renounce godlessness and worldly pleasures and to live self-control, upright, and godly lives now in this age. And a lot of people, it's not just eating disorders, uh, addictions, Mm -hmm. Any kind of addictions is a really big one. Um, I know for me, I was that was cigarettes mm -hmm. in my in my past. I'm four years, three years clean now. Yes, but that was my go to. I would spend money after money after money. Any situation that came up, I was in that need for that nicotine. Mm -hmm. I had no self control over it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I tried to stop multiple times. Yeah. But I didn't have that self-control of the Holy Spirit to, to, yeah. To and stop. even, even with when we were, you know, you had quit cigarettes when we met, but even within that time we were still living in sin, it was, you didn't smoke, mm -mm. but it was still a huge struggle for you. Yes. You definitely craved it more mm -hmm. to the point where it gave you anxiety. But now, you know, it's not so much of a burden anymore. Mm -hmm. It's not so much of a thing. And I, I know people struggle with all kinds of addictions. And addiction is no thing to play around with. Um, I, I definitely, I've seen it firsthand how it affects people in my own personal life. And it's, it's not just a thing. It is, it is tough. But I will tell you, for a lot of people, I know that their testimony is when they gave their life to God, addiction was something they overcame. They were set free. Yeah. And for any of those who don't know, a uh, Teen Challenge, uh, mm -hmm. if you don't know what that is, it's uh, it's a program that was started back, I think, in the, what, the 90s. Um, and I know in my hometown of uh, near Cameron, there was a, uh, a center there. And it really helped with uh, young teens, especially men who um, struggled with addictions like alcoholism and drugs. And they help, you know, these these guys finally, usually a lot of them gave their life to God. Yeah. And now they are, their testimony is how they gave up these hardcore drugs that kill people. Yeah. And we're talking heroin, cocaine, meth, like these hardcore things. To hear their testimonies is amazing. Um, I know you can go look them up online and you, you can hear all about them, um, but it's called Teen Challenge. And they, this is the big thing that the Holy Spirit did for them is gave them that self-control mm -hmm. and the ability to say, I don't need that. Because a lot of people who struggle with things like this, of their nature, of this nature, they have a hole in their heart. It's a God-shaped hole is yes. what I like to call it. And they can't fill it with anything. It's like trying to put a cube block in a circle hole. It just doesn't fit. Mm -hmm. And until you find God in their life, until they finally give their life over to him, that hole won't be filled. 
And when they do, that's where the Holy Spirit comes in, fills that hole and gives them this sense of completion. And they're able to have that self-control. They're able to have gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, kindness, patience, peace, joy, and love. Finally getting to fill all of that. Mm-hmm. That's what that shaped hole is. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in, fills the hole, and there's this sense of completion. That's another thing. When you give your life to God and accept Yeshua as your Savior, mm-hmm. that's that's it. You're complete. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and two, you're talking about addiction. You know, it, it goes even further than that. People that can't, they don't have self-control over money. Oh, yeah. Finances. It's finances. They mm-hmm. don't have control over that. Or... Like we've said, keeping up with the Joneses, mm-hmm. buying all the newest things, buying all the newest products. Mm-hmm. That's self-control. Yep. Being humble about what you have. Yes. And I know humility technically isn't one of the line he listed, but it's it's a part of, I think, being a Christ follower in general. Mm-hmm. You know, there is humility. You have to accept yourself and for what you are. You are a human by nature, sinful by nature, and without Christ in your life, you are not perfect. Amen. You will never be. That's just how it is. It's written over and over in the Bible that we are sinful. When Adam and Eve committed the sin that they committed, we were forever cursed by their their sin. Mm -hmm. And without this accepting the sacrifice of Yeshua, you are not, you know, you will be sinful. Yeah. And because we are human... You're going to have those fleshly desires. We're going to have those fleshly desires. And we, we, I can be the first one to tell you that me and Becca are not perfect. No. By any means. Mm. We will slide. We will slip. We will fall into not being so gentle or not having patience or, you know. Unforgiveness. Yeah. Having unforgiveness in your heart. Not being able to have that self-control. Mm-hmm. You know, so it it's it's easy to say all these things on a podcast, but to live it out is much harder. But we want to be here to encourage you. We want to be here to say, you know what, it, you're not perfect, but if you can lean into God, he will lean into you. You meet him there and, and you ask the Holy Spirit to come into your heart and he will. And all these fruitful things, these fruits or the fruit of the spirit will be with you. And, and, and try praying about it every morning yeah. like we do, mm-hmm. you know, putting on physically putting on that full armor of God, but also asking the, the Holy Spirit to help you be s- smushy, ooey gooey yes. with those fruits of the spirit mm-hmm. and 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 to use those whenever you go out. Yeah. And so that that light of Christ, that light of the Holy Spirit shines not just inwardly, but outwardly. outwardly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think right now, as we end this podcast, let's, let's say a prayer with that. Let's pray right now. If y'all have a second, <clears throat> bow your heads with us, and, and we're going to end this podcast on a prayer. Father God, we come to you right now, Lord, as humbly as we know how. And we ask all of, for everyone here listening, please forgive us of all of our sins and wash us into the blood of Yeshua. And God, right now, we ask that you fill us with these fruits of the Spirit We accept their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, into our hearts. And we ask you, Lord, to let your Holy Spirit come within us. Fill us with these fruits, with kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, 
self-control, all of these things that we've talked about tonight, Lord, fill us. Help us to be squishy, mushy Mm -hmm. with all of these wonderful things that the Holy Spirit brings out in us. Help us to live as closely as we can to Christ. Help us to be a reflection of his love and help us to go out into the world and share the gospel with every creature. We ask all of this in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining for this episode. If you made it this far, thank you. I know this was a little bit of a longer one, but we had a lot to cover tonight. And it's, I I hope everything we said was a blessing to y'all. And once again, if you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram, that's where we put all of our updates for this podcast, you know, for when we're sick or technical <laughs> difficulties <laughs> come up, you know, life happens and we want us, we want to be able to let y'all know what happens and um, keep you updated on these podcasts. If you'll follow us on there, give us a like, share our page. We would really appreciate it. Um, but we will see you next Tuesday night around eight o'clock for another episode. Y'all have a good week. Shalom. Shalom.